Lined into left center, and what a play made by the rookie Brian O'Grady. Pitch. Oh, into right field. Brian O'Grady, first big league home run. Fly ball, center field struck well. Marisnik going back at the wall. Gone! Welcome back, Brian O'Grady. And welcome inside episode 61 of the Breaking Bats podcast presented by Not For Long Media. My name is Justin Ayers, and we have a full house today. The boys are back in town because Colin and Jack are here to help me do a little college baseball, little world baseball, classic baseball too. Uh, I love it. it. We're ripping and rolling on a Tuesday night, boys. It's good to see you. Uh, how's everybody doing? Justin, I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing, Justin? It's good, man. Like I said, it's been. I don't know. If, I don't know if last time. I don't think on this podcast we haven't had the three of us. I've had Colin on a couple times, but uh, anytime I can be graced by the presence of Mr. Jack Connell, it's always a good day. So it is a good day, and usually the great Jack Connell says when I call him when you know not for long media is burning down, and it's like Jack, what's going on here? And Jack says, "I'm doing splendid. How are you, Colin?" He always says that, so it's always the highlight of my day, and I use splendid or whenever we talk once a week. Uh, whatever that is, twice a week. Uh, Jack in the back says, I'm doing splendid. So I'm splendid, Justin, to be here. USA currently is not doing too hot in the World Baseball Classic. We're going to get into that, but uh, they start off the first inning like, oh, boy, they're going to smoke this team. I mean, they look like they were going to just come out gangbusters on them. Uh, they've been sliding out a little bit, but lots to discuss. It's been a like my wife, our friends, male, female, whether you're into baseball or not, a lot of people are into this World Baseball Classic. I'd be shocked to see if the numbers were down. I'm interested to see what the numbers are going to look like because there's a lot of different people, kind of like college basketball in a way, coming in to talk about it that usually don't. I mean, like I said, I've had people come up to me and talk to me about baseball that never bring it up. So exciting stuff. And that's kind of where I wanted to start was with the World Baseball Classic. Like I said, it's Tuesday night. We're taping this. The USA is down 3-1 to Japan in the sixth. By the time you're listening to this, you guys will obviously know the result of that game. Uh, Trey Turner, another home run. So shout out him. We'll talk about him in a second. Um, but the the tournament itself has been like it, it's been a very contentious at some points tournament, but also like I think overall positive. Um, it's stirred up quite the debate online about people about you know whether or not people should a be like paying attention to it or, or caring about this tournament. It only happens once every three years, and it's kind of a new thing. It's not like the Olympics that's been around for generations. But um, you have you have like injuries, like the Mets closer Edwin Diaz like broke his or he tore his like patella tendon in his knee, and Jose Altuve got hit in his thumb like there's like implications that reach far outside of like what you would normally think about this stuff um and like i said on twitter it's just been a hotbed of debate people like nobody cares about the world baseball classic so uh i have a two-part question i'll start with colin um exhibition games games that don't count against like your your schedule these games don't really mean anything like in terms of like the world series of the regular baseball season guys are getting hurt do you think it's worth the risk 1,000% 1,000% worth the risk. There is no better thing to get you ready to play this season than competition you're not familiar with, competition at the highest level, competition on national TV, competition in front of sold-out stadiums. It's like they're picking up right where they left off with the playoffs. So I am firmly all in on the World Baseball Classic. Very similar to... Clubs that are worried about, you know, during NHL, right in the middle of the season when teams go away for the Olympics and like Alexander Ovechkin is going to play for Russia, say, and here comes Obi back. It's like if he gets hurt, the caps are done. 
right? Like they're not going to win without Ovi. So it's that debate. But my opinion, it's the preseason. It's a much different thing than the middle of the season. So if guys get dinged up, most injuries, four to six weeks, you know, Bryce Harper's missing a bulk of the Philly season. These rosters now are loaded with players, the really good ones. So I don't think it's a problem, Justin. I think it's awesome. And you get to represent your country. So, like, I really – I think this for the NHL NHL um, All-Star game. They should make it make it uh, based off your country. So, Canada, USA, you know, Russia, whomever, they should all play. Sweden, they should do – this is what this baseball game is. It's an All-Star game. You get to see talent from around the world. You get to bring more eyes to the United States in baseball. So, I'm all for it. I think they should all play in it. And um, I think it's a great way to get ready for the season. That's what it's all about. I tend to lean that way too, um, just because like there is something special about representing your country, whether it be the USA across your chest or you know Japan across your chest. Like it does mean more, but also like this tournament has only been around for the last like twenty years or something like that. It's not that old of a tournament. There's not like the history of the game that goes into this one. So it's like I can kind of get it where people are like may have may not be a hundred percent lockstep with what we're talking about. Uh, but the numbers don't lie. And I was looking at some of the numbers from the, these World Baseball Classic games, and it's like 55 million people are tuning in. It's like the highest rated baseball games of all time, more than World Series. Like, Jack, when you when you think about growing the game uh, to try to get people like, you know, yourself or people of our generation and Colin generation to like to try to tune in and watch these games, like, did, does the World Baseball Classic excite you? Does that, do you think that would get a non-baseball fan interested? I think it is just anytime there's just like America, like we'll say from a, like my perspective, like America, like people like that I know that don't normally watch baseball. It's like, oh, America's playing England. And it's just like the 1776 memes that like gets people to watch the games, making the finals and encourages people to watch games. So just that national pride, I think, is the biggest driving force behind it. But obviously, the issues with the injuries and stuff have caused a debate amongst fans. But any debate about the World Baseball Classic, in my opinion, is good debate because it just brings more attention towards it. What if a guy gets hurt in spring training, right? That's, and, yeah. and, and and that's what you're going to bring up too, J.A., I'm sure, is, okay, he rolls his ankle rounding first base in spring training. And really in spring training, are you really that dialed in? Is it a high-pressure moment? Are you worried about getting hurt? These moments, like I'll never forget as a kid, John Runyon, the Eagles right tackle, he'd always say, like, you get hurt when you go half speed. And it's happened to me in my career, like in Carolina, I'm a little sore in practice. It's late in the season. You go half speed, boom, all of a sudden your ankle rolls and you're like, John Runyon was right in 1996 when I heard that. So I think it's great points by Jack. I'll answer the question that you just answered him, Justin, even though you didn't ask me it, is do you want to know about the ratings? My wife who watches no baseball unless Houston's in the playoffs, she's upstairs watching the game. I'm like, you going to put your show on? She's like, no, I'm turning up the volume. I was like, ooh, okay. So – to me, that's my parameters, like who's in my circle, who's not into whatever we're talking about. And if they're into it, then to me, viewership's up. And obviously, the numbers are huge, too. It's huge internationally, too. Like, these games in Japan are, like, the most watched games of all time, getting, like, 50, 60 million people watching. And, like, the stadiums are sold out. And it's just, like, a great buzz, great atmosphere, which is cool to see. Um, but, yeah, like, the injury thing, it literally, like, it just can happen anytime. Like, uh, Edwin Diaz got hurt jumping up and down. So yeah. And my question to you, Jay, because you're pretty dialed into the overseas baseball market, especially with Brian playing in multiple leagues and obviously hosting the show. Why aren't these some of these guys playing in the majors? It's a good point. Uh I, I think like internationally, like 
I know in Japan they have a posting process. So if you play in like the Nippon Professional Baseball League, the NPB, it's like you have to go through like what Shohei Otani did. Yet like it's a, it's a different set of circumstances. It's not like just, just like international free agency. Like your club that owns you in that league has to like put you up and like I don't know. It's a whole different like as opposed to like an amateur free agent. But I just like how in some of these countries teams, it's like they have people that haven't played major league baseball in five years and have been sitting on their couch. Like it was a Danny Valencia. I don't think has played professional baseball, but he's played uh, or, or Vance Worley hasn't played uh, in the majors Jack's guy um, in a little bit. So yeah, they're just like anybody who's associated was just like, they throw up the bat signal and they put on the uniform. It's great. Get it off your chest, Zach, um, Jack. Just talk about the great Britain. Zach, uh, get it off your, ch- your chest, Jack. Just talk about the Great Britain uniforms. Well, I've, Great Britain, well, the thing is, Great Britain ends up leading into my team recap. So it's a whole long story. If we're All right, great. We'll just, I'll, I'll just Do shut it. the hell up and let Justin run the show. Thank you, Justin. I'm sorry. Jack, the floor is yours. Yeah, so for those unaware, I don't think I've really revealed my team. We talked about Texas. I will cover Texas a little bit, but – Vance Worley, alongside being a legendary pitcher for the Philadelphia Phillies, is the pitching coach at my current school, Penn State Abington, who I'm very close with the entire baseball team and staff. So, of course, we were tuned in to see Vance Worley strike out Mike Trout, but that was overshadowed, in my opinion, by Great Britain deciding to run to the nearest outlet mall and creating their jerseys or just going to MLB The Show and typing in Great Britain. This, it's not even the fact that it's just Great Britain and just bold-faced like, Times New Roman. It's the fact that you have to squint to see that it says Great Britain. And it is just, it's a terrible jersey. I'm sorry. I will get into my good jersey of the week, but it was just a downright terrible jersey choice. But It's, it's very it's, very generic. It's pretty it's, funny. So it, I don't think it's, it's blue and white or like red and white, I think, or like they're two. It, it, you could not get more generic. I don't know to how be- you could get to be fair to Great Britain, like their baseball program I was reading about is like is up and coming. They're not like well established. So um fifty thousand a year having... their budget is. What's their budget? Fifty thousand. They all play oh, yeah, saying, they, they don't play how, baseball over there, they play cricket. How much more could it cost to just make the font like twice as large? 2026 20, like, World Baseball Classic. We'll have to see. What if they just come out with like the you know the the great britain flag across it or something what if they just like go all out because you're right i think they did kind of just go to customink.com and get that thing screen printed real quick anything could be better Um, than that the sun.com mlb fans want to report a crime as great britain world baseball classic uniforms dubbed as the ugliest ever oh (laughs) man that's brutal they're ugly i think they're plain (laughs) they're boring they're the most boring jersey in baseball it's just literally times times new roman (laughs) <laughs> they did better than i thought yeah like your guy vance worley struck up mike mike trout like for a country that's not known for playing baseball to have a you know a team full of guys do pretty good i'll take that maybe um, maybe maybe mike trout was scared of like vance worley of, of go, the ghost pass he's like i grew up watching this guy pitch for the phillies <laughs> he was number five in the rotation jack right and their team was loaded and he was five and everyone's like oh it's vance worley and he was like dominant that year yeah, it was like when I was in middle school. I just remember yeah, he, he had the goggles. That's how I remembered yeah. him. But it was like the loaded roster was like Cole Hamels, Roy Holiday, Roy Oswalt, and Doc, well, that was uh, Joe Blanton. Was Joe, Joe Blanton, Blanton was the fifth? Because I just remember for there, some reason I hated Joe point. Blanton. 
Of course. Like, then he had a home run. I don't know why. Home. I knew nothing about him. It was just ten year old me just despised Jeff Land. He probably tried to buy his used jersey for, you know, thought it would be ten bucks and it was I have Roy Oswald's jersey. I wanted the unique cool jersey, so I got a Roy Oswald jersey. That was mine. And then From I where? went to the nearest flea market and got a Harry Callis iron on patch. <laughs> Justin, get back a hold of the show. I'm sorry that Jack and I are derailing your show. No, I was just going to say, like, uh, you know who the last pitcher to have back-to-back 21 seasons was? Roy Oswald. Fun fact. Last pitcher. Hasn't been done in, like, 20 years. Um, but well, we can stick with the Phillies, though, because that's a pretty good segue. That, like, dealing talking about the World Baseball Classic and Trey Turner's just been, like, white hot. He's not even red hot. He's white hot at the plate. He had that big go-ahead grand slam against Venezuela. He had two homers against Cuba tonight. He had one off Japan, like, for a guy that's, you know, he's a speedster. He's not necessarily a power hitter in the nine hole of these lineups. Like as a Philly, as Phillies fans, plural, how does like how much confidence does that give you guys in, in you know the team the team this year, knowing that Trey Turner is going to be locked in? Everyone has raved about this guy, and we are so jacked up as Phillies fans. Of course, opening day when his name gets announced, the place is going to go crazy. It would have gone crazy anyway, but now. Philly gets their appetizer for him instead of like him hitting him a home run into Frenchies and Clearwater. It's like him being Captain America. So really excited for see what he's going to do, especially with Bryce being down. You had some superstar power into the lineup. It's a short porch left field and right field in Philly. It's very, it's a home run hitter park. So yeah, we're jacked up. And I, I just think, again, with Bryce being out, giving him Bryce peace of mind because the roster is even better than it was last year. It's a lot better pitching, better hitting. Bryce can take some more time to heal up and get right. So hopefully he comes back healthy and adds some you know, injection to the team. This was not a good team in the regular season last year, very average, and then got extremely hot in the playoffs. So I'm excited to see what they can do in the regular season, put themselves in a better situation for the playoff run. I love it. Jack? Yeah, I think the biggest news regarding the Phillies is just the combination of that and then Larry Boa going out on Sports Talk Radio today and saying that Bryce could be back sooner than expected. And they're not and then I think it was Dombrowski said they're not putting him on the sixty day just to keep that optionality, flexibility, whatever that may entail. The combination of that with Trey Turner has sent this city into, oh, we're going back and winning it all. Like it's no question. It's I think the Phillies fans seeing a third of America's batting order being their team. And it should have been almost half if their best player wasn't undergoing recovery from surgery. I think that just, and plus their pitching order, they got the guy kind of think his name's painter or whatever the youth guy. I mean, it's just, it's the second most exciting team in Philadelphia right now. When is the next world baseball classic? Is it every two or four? Uh, Every three actually. So 2026. That should be an every other three-year thing. No, that's a bummer. Yeah, three's an odd number. I don't know why they did it like that. No pun intended. Yes, but I. Yeah. But Bryce, Bryce, <laughs> they'll probably all still be in the lineup. JT, God willing, injuries. JT, Bryce, and uh, Trey Turner. Probably another Philly at that point in time. They'll pay for somebody well, else. I mean, is I would imagine at that point it would be would it be Adley in place of JT? What's I would the- yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Adley be Captain America in three years. No, Bryce. At catcher. <laughs> I want yeah. Bryce. Well, uh, I saw last thing on the Phillies, and we'll talk college ball. 
the Fangraphs, which does projections every single year, and they're probably almost all the time wrong. Uh, they said the Phillies are going to win 85 games this year, and they're going to be behind the Braves with 93 and the Mets with 91. Um, I don't so, care about well, Is that what the over-under is? No, that's that's just what they had their their projected te- team total win at. Jack, look up the over-under for the season. Uh, and not that we were gambling then, but for those that are listening, people are going to be curious, especially all the Philly fans listening, what that over-under is. There's no way. I bet you that it's at 90s. It's a good point. I mean, what is that fan thing, Justin? It's Fangraphs is like it's like baseball reference where it's like a big stat analytic website where you can go look up like they do roster projections. They do like they get they get really nerdy with like the baseball stats with like the funky names. But then they also do this thing before every season where they're like, hey, we projected your team to win 75 games. Or what about the Nats? What do the Nats have? I didn't. It's going to be in the really bad. <laughs> what do we got, Jack? Like, According to DraftKings Sportsbook. The Phillies win total is the line is at 88 and a half. Wow. Interesting number. Is it why would that number be that way? What's the highest number? Do we know? Dodgers. I'm looking right here. It's Mets. The, um, roll, I just saw 94. The Braves are 94 and a half. The Mets are 91 and a half. It's not like I, I gotta scroll. Like it's not set in numerical. No, you're fine, Jay. That's about that's right at your numbers, though. What you're saying with your little fan deal. The Nationals is 65 yeah. wins is projected. Leading the win totals is the Astros and Dodgers at 95 and a half each. Yeah, that's not bad. I mean, that sounds about right. The Phillies in the regular season are probably, you know, eight wins behind them, six, seven wins behind them. Interesting. Okay. I just. I just worry about having a slow start. You need Bryce. Didn't is there a Phillies pitcher that just had to get Tommy John surgery or something? No. So that was the fear I think with Painter was okay. that he was going. It was going to be in that ligament, but it was just like a minor sprain that he was going to be out of bubble. Okay. I'm excited well, to watch the O's this year, Justin. Big time as a as a I am too. resident. I mean that team is training the right direction. I had an Uber driver the other day when we got back from London. I'm like, oh, your O's, man, going to be a big year. He went off. I mean, all day. He went the whole ride, 30 minutes from BWI to Annapolis. I mean, every pitcher, every player, they have capital to trade, blah, 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 you know, everything. It's going to be a fun year. It is. Uh, And the last, last thing on this is, like, I want to give a shout-out to the Orioles social team. They've been doing these, like, clips with Adley Rutschman and Kyle Stowers with the the little mini mics. I don't know if you've seen these making the rounds. I might have retweeted one. Yeah. Where they're just, like, Go to karaoke song and can you sing a little bit? And just like they're doing the bottle flip challenge and all these weird, irreverent, like, like social media, like little microphone and mini interviews or whatever. Uh, and it just shows like their personality and they're all really funny and well put together. So I wanted to give a shout out to them because uh, I've stopped to watch every single one of them. And as fans, I think it's cool to know that like these guys do have personalities. They're all like 24 years old somehow. Um, and it's going to be a fun year. So I thought that was my last like little Orioles thing. It's good stuff. O's. Yeah. Go O's. O's. Um, Natty Bows and O's. Natty Bows and O's. Going to pickles after. Um, We interrupt this episode to bring you a word from the official sponsor of Not For Long Media and the Breaking Bats podcast, the original Fudge Kitchen. It is a staple of the Jersey Shore with six locations in Cape May, Wildwood, North Wildwood, Stone Harbor, and Ocean City. The original Fudge Kitchen makes all of their fudge in-store guaranteed a delicious product, so stop by and let them know that Not For Long Media and Breaking Bats sent you. Check them out online at fudgekitchenswithans.com as they are shipping fudge and sweet treats all across the country. Now back to the episode. All right, college baseball time. 
We're going to do, uh, I like the way we did this last time, Colin, uh, when we did like team of the week, player of the week, like stadium of the week, like we're all, a bunch of things of the week. Um, and I have a couple of things to go along with each one of those, but I, I want Colin to Colin to be in the driver's seat on this one. I want Colin to start with his team of the week and then we can go around and talk a little college ball. Well, there's a couple of things on pack here for me because I've been able to go to the Navy baseball game. So that's been a blast. But the team of the week for me this week is Wake Forest. And this is a team I just been kind of following here. They're number two in the country now. They, they, they won their first 13 games. They just won a huge series against Notre Dame. Big series coming up versus Miami and Clemson. Obviously, that's ACC play. Tommy Hawk, 82 at bats. He's hitting a 439 average. The dude is balling. Um, and then Brock Wilkin, 13 home runs leading the team. So I like where the team's at. They're a fun team to watch. Obviously, LSU can be the team of the week every week. So they're absolutely loaded for me in the team of the week. Wake Forest. I like it. Uh, my team of the week, and this is because I saw a really cool clip of this over the weekend. It's the UCF. It's uh, UCF baseball. They've won five in a row. And the clip that really made me see them and just like check in on how they're doing was on like Saturday, March 18th, like their third baseman, Andrew Brait, game winning grand slam or like a go ahead grand slam against Dartmouth. Uh, and I was like, well, these guys are red hot five in a row. Check them out. American athletic conference legends, uh, UCF, uh, gold. AAC. Their, is it what, what kind of Knights are they? Are they just the Knights? The yeah. Knights. Yeah. yeah. Knights. Um, so that is mine. Jack, did you have a team that you've had your eye on? Yes, the Texas Longhorns are my team of the week. They are back. They have rallied off. They're on a win streak right I'm now. Back. Eight-game eight win streak. They've taken down four, Manhattan, which is coached by former Penn State Abington head coach, manager Dave Miller, and then North Dakota State, New Orleans. They've got Incarnate Word today. Uh, which looks like it might have been postponed because it was supposed to be played at 630 and there's no stats for it yet. Um, but That's college ball for you. <laughs> <laughs> they've just have been killing it. They started off weak. They're at 14 and seven. Now Longhorns are making a push. The Jack Connell of Texas baseball fall asleep at the wheel and the stats. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I had to go watch the Penn state Abington game on ESPN three. Oh, wait, 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 wait. And so it turns out they didn't show on the website. It's the live stats. They're beating incarnate word 11 to four in the top of the six. Oh, the big Tuesday night games you know, because of my schedule, right? You're, I can get up in the morning and have coffee and like, I don't have to go to work. Right. I work out at whatever, 10, 11, 12 to the podcast stuff. So I pop on replays the night before college baseball and just watch them. It's great. It's fantastic. I know I feel like an old man doing that, but I love it. I'm all in on what we, I love this segment. It's tremendous. What else we got, Jay? I'm jacked up. That ESPN plus subscription coming in clutch at the Thompson house. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Sorry. I know it's, it's a million dollar subscription. You know, we NFL budget around here, you know, with an eight bucks a month killing me over here. That and Peacock. Gotta watch my spurs. <laughs> um, the next thing I had was just like player of the week. I found a really cool one, but Colin, we'll start with you. Player of the week for me is Brandon Sprout. And before we yank this for the clip, Sprout, S-P-R-O-A-T, Sprout. We, we're going to get made fun of either way. Uh, Tennessee baseball fans are still mad at me for mispronouncing Chase Dolander. Dolander. Player of the week for me is Brandon Sprout, pitcher, Florida Gators. Fifth start of the season, produced one of the greatest pitching performance in the history um, of the Gators program against Bama 
Uh, this was uh, last weekend on March 16th. Complete game, one hit shot out, and really the one hit was a single in the second. He walked to a career high, 11 batters retired to strike out. I mean, the guy's an absolute beast. 106 pitches is a lot for a college pitcher um, to complete the full outing and just an absolute beast in a big win, 3-0 versus the Crimson Tide. So for me, the player of the week is Brandon Sprout, an absolute stud pitching appearance for him. And the Gators are really shooting up and now are third in the country when people I talked to were saying, I don't know how the year's going to go. The bats are hot. No one scares me in the lineup. Not so fast. Really, after that Miami series, a lot of emotion, a lot of passion. Gator baseball is trending in the right direction, third in the country. I love it. Chomp, chomp. My player of the week, it's also in the SEC. It's their, it's their hated rival. It's Ethan Petrie of the South Carolina Gamecocks. Uh, in a four-game uh, four game week capped off, they swept George on the road. Petrie went nine for 16 with three home runs and seven ribs. Uh, and in the, like the, season, like the opener of the Georgia series, four for four with two home runs. This guy's batting 458 on the season with nine homers and 31 RBIs. Uh, I think he's an infielder. I also might have seen him listed as pitcher. So if that's the case, that's awesome. But uh, I want to give a shout out. Uh, go Cox. All right. My player of the week. We are going to move from the SEC to the United East Conference from Division Three Baseball. We're going to Brandon Hightower is oh. my player of the week. Brandon Hightower is one of only two players in the entire NCAA D1, D3 with a 0-0 ERA with 20-plus innings pitched. He has 27 strikeouts in 20 innings pitched, and he has been killing it this year as a starter for Penn State Abington. Have to give my boys some props. He's Listen, just even without the Penn State Abington connection, he's killing it. That's five <laughs> Penn State Abington shout-outs in one in 24-minute show. <laughs> All right, continue, Jay. What do we got? Congrats <laughs> to you, buddy. I, I'm sure he's a great guy. I'm happy there, for him. Make a funny job. I, there are still more coming. I hope you realize this. That's good. It's fine. I'm a Navy baseball guy, so be ready for that. That's coming soon. <laughs> uh, I had this as moment of the week, but Colin, you may have added, like, what, what did you want to call this instead of moment? Just like. No, I put it moment. Moment of the week. Oh, you put it as moment? Okay. Well, what's your moment of the week? Yours was news of the week. The moment of the week for me was, and it was really cool to go to this game. We live right near the Navy baseball stadium, 15 minute walk from the house. So it is the, let's see, bottom of the six, Navy baseball, Buck Nell, Patriot League action. Love it. Beautiful day in Annapolis, overlooking the Severn River and the Academy. A little Navy baseball, so much fun. It's 6'6", six, 6'5", six, six, bottom of the six. Colin Smith ties the game up with a bomb shot, wind blowing out. Awesome. Next inning, again, 6-6. It is the first game of a doubleheader. So they play seven innings, okay? It is bases loaded. 6-6, top of the seventh. And who comes to the mound? Brock Murtha, okay? Bases loaded. This isn't some pitcher they're bringing in from the pen. This is the third baseman. They bring the third baseman in because they're playing four games in two days or three days. They bring the third baseman in. Shout out to my man, Brock Murtha. Full count, strikes the guy out. Navy baseball goes nuts. Absolutely nuts. Next inning, bottom of the seventh, Henry Mitchell steps up. Boom, Yahtzee, home run, walk off. 
So Navy baseball entertaining as hell. Seven six walk off with a man coming off third base with the bases loaded who didn't even pitch and struck the guy out. Unbelievable finish and moment of the week for me. Damn. It was not even a pitcher, just the third, just the third baseman. Third baseman. <laughs> Patriot League ball, baby. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, mine's not like a singular moment. It's it's like a three-game series that I was reading about. It goes to Vanderbilt baseball. Um, we hear all this talk about this is LSU's year. LSU runs college baseball. But Vanderbilt over the weekend reminded everybody that they're still the elite of the elite because they swept the Ole Miss Rebels. The Ole Miss was one of the best offensive teams in the country. And in a three-game set, Vanderbilt outscored them 27-4. to So Vanderbilt's pitching red hot right now, uh, and the bats came alive too. So uh, shout-out to Vandy boys because uh, they, they just want people – they want to remind everybody that uh, they can still play ball too. So uh, that's kind of my three-game series – Weak moment, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Jack, what's Penn State Abington up to? Yes. So my moment of the week, it is, I don't know how to phrase it because it technically didn't occur in college, but it is massive for Division Three college baseball. So Ryan McCarty, who had the NCAA Triple Crown this past season, led pretty much the all of Division One, Division Three, every single hitting statistic. He signed with the Blue Jays. He's been part of their organization. He's been with the team for spring training. They brought him up. He had an RBI single off Aaron Nola this past week. So he has been killing it for Toronto, and it's quickly rising up the ranks there and showing the entire world, doesn't matter what division you play in college baseball, you got a shot at the pros. So I thought that was massive for Division Three. again, regardless of my affiliation, but that is my moment of the week. Good stuff, That's Jack. Cool. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's wrap it up. Uh, actually, no, we have a couple more. Uh, stadium of the week. Look no further than Tur Wiggler Brothers Field at Max Bishop Stadium. Full salute to the midshipmen at Navy. This stadium is awesome. It really is. Again, I walk to it. We've gone to a game once a week. We're going to three or four games. It's been great. Whether we go for an inning or we go for multiple, it's really cool. They just started selling beer at the stadium. Fun fact. They also have uh, a fan club of parents that are getting after it. I mean, Blackstone, Grills, Smokers. You look up in the stands. They got food up in the stands. The top row, there's a whole little section Right next to the field there, there's like picnic tables that are like for the stadium seating. There's a whole seating standing area that's like a platform that we stand on and look right down onto the field. You're looking at the the church on beautiful Navy's campus, and then you're looking at the Capitol building right to your right. Turf field with the with the dirt base pads. I got some really cool information. The Nats played there a couple of years ago, and the Nats stepped up and kind of made the field MLB regulated. They repadded the walls, put dirt at the bases. So I think it's a really cool stadium. It's quaint. It's quiet. It's right on the Severn. It's a great location to walk from town. You got the people, the crew teams rowing right by the field. It's just something about it. And the Patriot League's cool. So you got a bunch of games during the week. If you're in Annapolis for the weekend, check out the stadium. I think you're really going to like it. Always wanted to go, driven past it a million times. Gonna have to do it this year. This has to be the year. I didn't realize like it was that cool. And they they serve Miller Light there too. So it's it literally has it all. Um, I like that. Well, 
Yours is Navy baseball. My stadium of the week, it's going to go to Tucker Field at Barcroft Park, the home of the George Washington University Colonials. Uh, I went to my first game there a couple Saturdays back, hung out in the press box, walked around. It like It's, it's one of the nicest stadiums, I think, in the A-10 is what they said. Um, it's been renovated a ton in the last like five, 10 years. So, um, they have like a new clubhouse and the field is brand new and it's every, every, it's just like a brand new 500 seat. Like it's a good time. So, uh, it's not in the district. It is in Arlington. So it's not that conveniently located to where the school is. But if you catch a bus or drive out there to a game, uh, it's a fun time. So I wanted to give a shout out to, uh, GW, uh, Jack. We will. All right. So this is in Penn State, Abington, but we are staying in Division Three. It is the Muncie Bank Ballpark at the historic Bowman Field, which is the second oldest minor league stadium in baseball. But it's the home of Penn College out in Williamsport. So a lot of the events that you would see in Williamsport relate to Little League World Series, not necessarily Little League World Series, but like if there's concurring MLB events, like I think like the Phillies played a game there two or three years ago, they play at that field. Beautiful stadium, beautiful field. It's just an incredible spot, one of the most historic places in baseball. And it's just a real niche spot that I don't think many people know about besides the part, the field that they don't actually play on, which is the Little League World Series. Great stuff, Jack. I like that. Uh, Jersey of the week. is. I think this might be the last one we hear as we kind of wrap up. Um, some fun ones. Colin, what's yours? Yeah, we had to add the jersey of the week, Justin, because I've come obsessed with college baseball jerseys. Uh, why not? Um, they're unbelievable. They're cool. If you go to fanatics.com, shout out to Jack's favorite website and check them out. There's some really cool ones on there for sale and just really good stuff. I love them. So the jersey of the week for me this week is the Carolina Blue North Carolina Tar Heels jersey. It is a beautiful beautiful jersey there's tons I, I didn't know what to pick and where to start because i own three of them and i didn't even name one because i don't own a carolina blue jersey but the carolina blue tarles jersey is my jersey of the week this week it's the best color in sports like oh. carolina blue it's just like it looks good on literally everything it goes with literally everything that's a great pick uh i'm gonna stick in that same realm i'm gonna go with the two lane powder blue it's got twin pelicans on the bat, so it looks like the St. Louis Cardinals uniforms. Just like that powder blue with like the green pinstripes. It's just, you wouldn't think that powder blue and green would look great together, but they do somehow. So uh, I want to give a shout out to Tulane. Uh, I will have to check out fanatics.com and see if I can't get one. I'm making the jump back to Division One into the SEC with Ole Miss. Specifically, I'm just a sucker for the powder blue on red. Like the Cardinals alternate slash throwback, I think. Well, I don't know what that would be considered. It's one of my favorite jerseys in the MLB. The Phillies, obviously, a little oh. bit different shades there. But the Ole Miss, that bright red on the baby blue, I, the football version of it is incredible. So those are mine. They got the nice red helmet and the red Ole Miss text on the baby blue. It's perfect. I don't even know what I could change to it. That is my jersey of the week. I think we as a unit just like powder blue. I think we just went all powder blue right there. I love it. <laughs> the blue wave, like, yeah. I think the powder blue will throw you off a little bit when you go to New Orleans and you go to the green wave and everything's like green, 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 like that navy forest, that forest green, excuse me. And then you like look and you're like, oh, there's powder blue in there. There's like yellow and there's like funky colors there. But that's a cool, cool little campus. They have a bar in the end zone there of the football stadium, a glass bar. You can like sit and it's like bulletproof glass. So you can like run into it when you play. 
cool little baseball stadium. Uh, it's good stuff. Love the American Athletic Conference. It's a shame the really good teams are leaving it. But, hey, it's a good chance for the you know these schools that are doing well, like a Charlotte, to step in and uh, and you know join the conference. I didn't even know that. Yeah, that's I always wanted to go to New Orleans, but that might that like go to two go yeah go to Tulane. Just feel like that would be a really really cool experience. To watch any of their sports play. Um, all right, guys. Well, that was a lot of fun. Really enjoyed talking a little college ball and a little world baseball classic. Um, looking forward to the next time we all three can hop back on and, and do this again. So I really appreciate you guys being on. It's the best. Thank you, uh, Justin. And uh, we really appreciate you having us on your show. And before we get out of here, a special thank you to the band Stick Figure for allowing us to use today's intro and outro music. Playing on your radio, coming through your stereo and-